Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland public affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. Joining us this time on Metroscope is Bill Russell from Union Gospel Mission. They are located on Northwest 3rd Avenue in Portland. Bill has served in a leadership role at Union Gospel Mission since 1989. He is a co-founder of Union Gospel Mission's Life Change Recovery Program. Prior to his role at the mission, Bill worked as a trial lawyer, including a two-year term as a deputy prosecuting attorney. Bill was named the 2018 Portland First Citizen earlier this year. So congratulations uh, on that, Bill, or last year now that it's uh, January 2019. That's right. It's been less than 12 months ago. That happened in May of 18. So I'm still in the first year. You know, I'll I'll be the citizen of the year until May of 2019. How's that? There you go. And you've officially joined a legendary status in the state. You were telling me that uh, you're in that Portland first citizen category with Bill Shonley and Fred Meyer and, and others. Yeah, the NATO brothers. There's a lot of good people in there. I, a guy who's been a real inspiration to me is Duncan Campbell, who was the founder of Friends of the Children and just an all-around great guy. But there are tremendous guys in that list. I feel humbled and like, why am I on that list? But they, they picked it, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm happy they did. Well, cool. Well, we're excited to talk to you today. Uh, you know, there's not one specific fundraiser uh, or event necessarily going on right now with the holidays being over. And I know all that good work you guys do around uh, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, uh, whether it's providing meals or, or a coat drive, uh, etc. Um, let, let's first just talk about the Union Gospel Mission. I, I was reading a lot of, on your website. You guys were founded back mm-hmm. in 1927. And if you yeah. could just just tell us a little bit more about the Union Gospel Mission and kind of its beginnings. Yeah, I mean, it's really simple. We've been around a little over 90 years, and our mission is to feed the hungry, to restore the addict, and, and of course, homelessness and, and hunger and addiction have all run together. I know a lot of new homeless people in the last 10 years are homeless because of the housing crisis. We still focus on those who have life-controlling issues, be it alcohol or drug addiction, or maybe they're coming out of a life of, of being a victim of domestic violence or other issues that cause homelessness. But we're just happy to kind of work as specialists in terms of getting people out of homelessness and, and helping them restore their ability to navigate life. Uh, outside of homelessness. And, you know, some people just kind of drop out of society because they can't keep up. And we say, well, that's not a permanent condition. Let's work on that and get you back up to speed. Mm -hmm. And Union Gospel Mission provides more than 200,000 meals a year to the homeless and people in need. And just tell us a little bit more about kind of what you guys provide. I know, you know, food boxes, coffee, snacks, clothing, hygiene items. Just, yeah, tell us a little bit more about what you guys uh, provide. Yeah, we ran right up near 275,000 meals. A lot of that happens out of our downtown mission, 
where we have regular meal programs. And we, when you've been around 90 years and 80 of those years been in the same building at 3rd and Burnside, people are going to come to you and, and need a hot, nutritious meal. But studies have shown a lot of those people that come in aren't just coming in for food. They're coming in for human connection. Being homeless is very isolating. And so we have a real caring staff, and, and that creates momentum. Right now as we talk, the weather's cold. We have day room operations going, and the day room's full, and people are getting snacks and a warm drink. And, again, a friendly face, someone who knows you, and a way to get out of the cold weather. Mm-hmm. And then at night, if, if the weather gets down near freezing, we open up to about 50 people, just short of that, for emergency night shelter, in addition to all the other people who are regularly here living in the mission out of homelessness. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty thorough. Um, and then we've also launched outreach into the homeless camps in the last few years. Some of our meals go out the door, into a van, and out to a homeless camp. And our philosophy there is not to enable people in homelessness, but to care for them to the point that we can connect them to the point that we can coach them out of homelessness. So uh, it, it's really a system I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a great, important distinction that you make that uh, I'm sure a lot of the public will appreciate there as far as, you know, not enabling, but just kind of being being there for uh, the homeless. And, you know, we were talking earlier, I thought you said it best as well when it came to just what's going on right now with regards uh, for homeless folks in the Portland community, which is the weather. There's no nece- there's not necessarily an event. You know, the holidays are over, but um, the, the weather is the event, so to say, right now that you guys are kind of focusing on and um, – you know, there are uh, temperatures that are either at freezing or below freezing. I know there's, you know, frost on the ground when you wake up uh, in January these days. Um, just talk to us a little bit about kind of the needs and the struggles of homeless people during the winter uh, and the cold weather and, and what they're facing. Yeah, far too many of Portland's homeless people are unsheltered. And recent studies have shown uh, Oregon's among the leaders in unsheltered homeless. And of course, the conditions here in the Northwest this time of the year can really be hostile to being unsheltered. It can be cold and it can be wet and it can be wet and cold, even freezing. And all those can be life-threatening. And so we don't just view it as an inconvenience to the homeless people. We want to make sure very few people die as a result of being unsheltered and homeless this year. And uh, we've had far too many deaths. Uh, You know, one year we had over 50 deaths. Uh, I had an article in the Oregonian last year where in one snowstorm, we lost four people through exposure. And I think that's four too many. We want to make sure that we're outreaching and we're getting people off the ground when the temperatures are freezing and into a place where they can survive until morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're talking with Bill Russell from Union Gospel Mission. Uh, their website, ugmportland.org. Can go on there. It's very informative. See uh, an about us tab. Talks a little bit about their story, different ways to get involved and volunteer. Contact. Uh, there's also a red donate tab uh, that folks mm-hmm. can um, donate a meal to for two dollars and seventeen cents. Want to ask you about a bit about that uh, in just a bit here, but just going back to the the cold weather shelter um, you mentioned. Uh, that that's you know four deaths four too many. Uh, how do you guys help provide for the homeless uh, in times of uh, brutal weather out there in the Portland winter? Yeah, again, it, it's kind of twofold. When the temperature gets down to a deadly level, we open up extra space and and sleep people on mats anywhere we can, really, and we'll send out teams to look for people. You know, some people don't realize that it's one of those things 
and it could be like, uh, you know, like carbon monoxide poisoning or something like that. You don't realize it when it's happening. But people who can become inebriated or under the influence of drugs or just are really dull due to the cold weather, if you see a person laying down on the ground, on cement, it really doesn't matter if the weather's down around freezing, if they have a blanket on them or not. That cold coming out of the earth is going to be deadly to them, and they're in danger of hypothermia, and they could die. So we rouse people up off the sidewalks and say, come on, get inside, just in an effort to, to get that person to live to see a better day. Mm-hmm. And then for folks who can't find one of those open shelter beds, um, how do you guys kind of combat that? I imagine that's kind of one of the more challenging parts this time of year. I know you just said you could, you you know try to rouse people, get them out of the cold, but if they're if, yeah. the, if the shelter's too full or whatever the case may be, um, you know what are what are other uh, yeah. you know routes you can take to to help folks out. Yeah, one thing we've been getting people into a, a sitting position inside anywhere. Uh, so we'll transport people to where there's available shelter space. Really, when the cold weather shelter network opens up, there's probably an open bed somewhere. We just have to transport people there. So we've made a full uh, commitment to keeping people alive. And that sometimes means opening up our lobby and just putting a person in there where people can sit in the warm. And they might fall asleep sitting up. All of our shelter mats are full, but you just want to get people out of the cold and awake. Even if they're moving, they're not going to die on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you do whatever you can. By the way, when people do come into the shelter or if they're sitting up and it's real overflow and they're in our lobby, in the morning, we're going to get them coffee and a hot breakfast sandwich so that they have something warm in there. And again, it's not just physical warmth. It's hope. It's if you can have a meal and someone care about you, you're going to care a little bit more for yourself. And, mm-hmm. and we just want to see the homeless care for themselves. Mm-hmm. And again, this is Bill Russell from Union Gospel Mission, located on Northwest 3rd Avenue in Portland. Bill's been with Union Gospel Mission since 1989. You mentioned those hot breakfast sandwiches. That sounds kind of good right now. I'm pretty hungry as I'm, as I'm doing this interview. Uh, I, I, I was looking on your website. Anyone at home can donate a meal for $2.17. So tell us a little bit more about how listeners uh, can get involved with giving meals. I'm sure people listening right. would like to help do that. Yeah, um, you know, this time of the year, we can use in-kind donations. If, if you want to bring us some coffee, we can use coffee, blankets, sleeping bags, coats, uh, warm shoes, boots. Uh, obviously, winter items are, are much in need, especially as we go out and visit the homeless camps. But even people who come by our day room or our evening chapel meal, they could use the help. Um, and if, you, if, you, if you're not in a position where you can bring some goods down to us, you can volunteer. You can go on our website at ugmportland.org and give of your time and your talent, and we utilize volunteers. You know, a lot of times when we're open all night long, it's very caring, well-organized, well-staffed volunteers who run our emergency night shelter. We're so, we couldn't do it without them. And then we could always use your cash donations. Um, if people can go online, whether they're wanting to sign up to be a volunteer, or whether they just want to give us two seventeen a meal to to feed someone or other support, we can use all the support we can get. 
Mm-hmm. And again, this is Bill Russell from Union Gospel Mission. UGMPortland.org is their website. There's a big uh, red donate tab in the top right corner of that website. And yeah, ex- I mean, you were kind of hitting on it there, but just how exactly do people uh, donate, whether it's through the website or can they come into your store? What's the best way to contact yeah, you guys and get we, involved? Uh, yeah, and by the way, we do have a store out in Tigert. It's right across from the Tigert Cinemas. It's a thrift store, and it's run primarily. Uh, we have a great manager out here who's, who's on staff, but the rest of the workers are all people off the streets who are learning work skills to get back in the flow of getting a job and being self-supporting. And so it, it's a great place. It's uh, at 116, I don't know, the, it's right across from the Tiger Cinemas That's on okay. Pacific actually, Highway yeah. South. Yeah, I actually have the address here, 11611 Southwest Pacific okay. Highway. I kept going 11616. It's 11611 <laughs> Pacific Highway South. Thank you so much, Preston. Yeah, 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 no problem. Just found that on your website, uh, ugmportland.org. Right, uh, right. And then you can get on there, see volunteer tabs, see donation tabs. Um, you know, I, I had... Uh, cousins who volunteered or, or their time around the holidays, around Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and, and Christmas, serving right. meals at various shelters around the Portland area. I, I think it's it is a kind of a misconception, though. I mean, well, first of all, it's obviously a great effort for anyone to volunteer at any time, but it it's a little bit of a misconception, in my opinion, that you know once the holidays are over, oh, needs have been met. But I know that mm-hmm. um, that's you know far from true, and and no one would know that uh, better than you, helping be a part of this thing for twenty or thirty years. Uh, what yeah. kind of volunteer work can be done around the gospel mission right now and what kind of volunteer work are you guys looking for yeah i mean we always need help with our meal programs downtown but one of the most exciting things is you can sign up to go out with our search and rescue team and you know that van leaves sunday at a little bit after four o'clock you can sign up online and that and you're going to be with a really safe well-organized crew that's going to go out to a homeless camp and I think Portland State did a, a, a research study, and it showed about 72% of the homeless in Portland have a pretty profound disability. And when people go out, they see that it's not that people won't work, it's that they can't work. And they really need help queuing up to get back into the empowerment where they can take care of themselves again. So it's a, it's a powerful thing to go out. And I'm sure those in your family who volunteered, it's very rewarding to do something about the problem rather than, and a lot of us are frustrated with the homeless problem. It's expanded into far too many neighborhoods. It seems to make neighborhoods unsafe and unsanitary, and people want to do something positive in response. So I'd invite to to come on, sign up for a one-shot, or come into what we call Volunteer Encounter, where you can look at all the options, and those are posted on our website. And you can kind of pick and choose what you'd like to do. Okay. Yeah, ugmportland.org slash volunteer uh, is kind of right. the, the tab to go to there to right. uh, check out different ways to, to volunteer and help out. Yeah, you know, you kind of alluded to it there as far as the uh, statistic about the homeless population being disabled. I was just going to say, you know, what are some of the misconceptions about the homeless population uh, that the general public might have? I, you know, I think it's uh, it's easy for someone sitting at home to say, look, you know, that person's just a drug, drug addict and taking the government's money or whatever. Um what you know? What are some of, some of the kind of misconceptions um, that you can maybe bring to light uh, about the homeless population in Portland? Well, the fastest growing percent of the homeless are made up of women with children and elderly people who, and a lot of these people have worked their whole lives, 
but they're now on fixed income and their social security benefits are under a thousand dollars a month and their total assets are under ten thousand dollars and they can't afford the housing market so you know you see these rvs spread out throughout the portland area they don't have the money to have a place and it's not even really legal for their rv to be parked on a street so they're moving from site to site to site like nomads there's a book out called nomad land about these people who have worked their whole lives they're seniors and they're trying to cobble together a way to make a life without being able to afford housing. That surprises a lot of people. These Now, there are still drug addicts out there. There are still alcoholics out there. There are still mentally ill people out there. But this fast-growing part of, of the homeless population are really worth connecting to and getting behind and helping them get through it and find a place, whether it's through Northwest Pilot Project. A lot of the work we do is to connect with people and refer them to any agency that can help them. Uh, we don't. We sure don't believe that we're the one stop that's going to fix it all. No one stop is going to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. It's far too big. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, the restoring the addict kind of portion of your website uh, does you know shine light on that. That there's there still is also you know of course a portion yeah. of of, a, of the homeless population who are addicts and who are work, kind of working to overcome that. And that's uh, you know where you guys get involved to a certain degree. How does the Union Gospel uh, Union Gospel Mission kind of go about uh, doing that and, and working with uh, addicts who are out on the streets? Well, one thing is we realize that an addict's issues are not, they didn't come about recently. They're not simple or shallow. They're very deep and complex, and it's not going to take 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days to fix. So we create a long, robust ramp back into productive living. We, we really, the initial period of intake is six months and we want a person then to to have a full assessment and say are you ready to go out and live a productive contributing satisfying life or do you still need more work and to be honest most of the men and most of the women we take into our centers and we take in women with children as well will want to stay for the full therapeutic time that runs about 18 months and then we have advanced programming that trains people in leadership or in teamwork or in specific skills. And so some people are going to stay with us two and a half years. And it's really worth it because what we get out of the end of that is a lower relapse rate. It's not a zero relapse rate. But, you know, I knew when I was a prosecutor that almost eight out of 10 of the people that I prosecuted would reoffend within six weeks after release from their incarceration. I mean, that's staggering. So we know that relapse from drugs and alcohol in AA and other groups is really high. It's it's 75% or over. So if we can turn that around, and there are other medically-based programs that can turn that around, we need serious medicine for people who have lifelong issues. And we work holistically. So we provide work therapy, mental health counseling, spiritual formation, education, everything you need that you should have got the first time through. But the truth is a lot of our residents didn't get that the first time through because they started using drugs and alcohol at an early age and kind of missed the high school years, the finishing years, the the place where you really learn how to navigate life. So we basically take them back and say, let's go through high school again. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fascinated by your background, just reading up on it. You touched on it there, uh, you know, spending time in law and then, uh, you know, getting involved with the Union Gospel Mission in a leadership position back in 1989, um, according yeah. to, to your bio there. Could you just give us a little background, uh, a little bit more background kind of on yourself and how you first got involved? Yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting to me. I think what surprised me as a prosecutor was that most of the people that I dealt with that were defendants in criminal court were not bad. They were just broken. Now, I did run into people who were bad. I mean, I wanted them out of circulation forever because they were sociopathic. They were, they were predators. They ruthlessly attacked people and, and did violence. I want those people gone. But a lot of the people I saw in criminal court were just deeply broken people who committed crimes primarily because they were drug and alcohol addicted. Now, those crimes are real, and I'm really uncertain right now how it's going to work in Oregon now that we have taken away uh, the felonization of drug possession. It's now a misdemeanor. And I don't know, I really honestly don't know how that's going to work because that's one of the incentives for people to get out of heroin addiction or meth addiction is that they have a possession that's a felony and now they they need to get out of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now it's a misdemeanor and I don't know how that's going to work in the long run if people are going to miss that incentive to get out of that addiction. But both those addictions, heroin and meth, cause a lot of crime. People who are buying black tar heroin, we can create safe injection sites and clean needles but they're still going to have to do crime or come up with a way to buy Mexican black tar heroin every single day for several doses a day. And that creates a mini crime wave. Meth creates a mini crime wave. So we've got to look at ways to get people out of that destructive criminal lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point. And I think your background obviously serves you super well uh, yeah. for... Now, I, I do I do want to say, too, the medical field is coming up to speed with this and is creating more options for the drug addict to get medical treatment to get them permanently out of drug addiction. So, you know, those of us on the spiritual side are not against good medicine to get people off drugs. Hmm. When did When did that... Uh law change the felonization of of drug possession it changed last year it changed in the middle of last year i think uh, governor brown signed it into law last august okay okay yeah um all right. Well, uh, we've got a couple minutes left here with Bill Russell from uh, Union Gospel Mission and talking about all the great work they do to uh, these days help the homeless during the rough winter weather in the Portland area or temperatures obviously get below freezing or, or near to it these days. Um, you mentioned earlier the uh, Union Gospel Mission thrift store located at 11611 Southwest Pacific Highway in Tigard. Right. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, tell us a little bit more about how, you know, shopping there can help towards your guys' uh, efforts as a whole. Yeah. Uh, people donate goods. They donate their used clothing that's that's very usable. It's, it's worthy of another life or furniture or different household items. We take those and the people in our program will pick them up. They work zealously. They price them well. They learn how to floor goods and how to greet customers. And people come in and buy the, that clothing or those household items, and that really helps the people in recovery defer the cost of their recovery. They're being, you know, they're, they're doing their part to be productive and help 
pay for their own costs while they're in program. So I really love it. And it's a great community out there. We love the Tigert community. We're also able to help uh, poor people in Tigert with clothing that, you know, they're in an emergency situation and we're able to do a lot of good out the door, uh, giving donations away out there at the Tigert store. Okay. And all right, Bill Russell from Union Gospel Mission. Again, the website, ugmportland.org. Uh, anything else you'd like to kind of add your best way to, for the public to contact you guys or any yeah. how, how people can get involved? Well, r- rather than just promoting us, and you've done, I mean, you've, you've communicated about us. There are a lot of people working in this area, and uh, we're happy to be partnering with Oregon Harbor of Hope. Uh, I really feel highly of a home for everyone and all the groups, Portland Rescue, all the groups that are working uh, to, to fight homelessness, transition projects. There's a whole group, and we're going to need everyone hitting on all cylinders to turn this thing around. So I'm optimistic. I really am glad that uh, Portland Homeless Family Solutions has opened a new center because now as we connect with the women with kids out in a homeless camp, we have a better a chance of getting them housing. And we just housed a mom and her kids out at a shelter, and we want to see them get permanent housing. It's just thrilling when that happens. And you see a mom living in a car, scared and frightened, unhealthy for the kid, and they get into a warm, wonderful home. It makes everything we're doing worthwhile. All right, this is Bill Russell from Union Gospel Mission, located on Northwest 3rd Avenue in Portland, ugmportland.org is their website. You can get on there, learn about them, uh, figure out how to donate $2.17 for a meal, uh, among other different various donations, whether that's uh, your time or your money. Bill, thanks so much for uh, coming on, and thanks for the hard work that you guys do uh, in trying to turn this thing around in Portland. And yeah, man, thanks for everything. Great talking to you, President. We were talking today with Bill Russell of the Union Gospel Mission in Portland. Metroscope is an Intercom Portland public affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.